Okay. Skype call will come in. So while we're waiting for the call, um, the AC library is uh, is up and running now. We're sitting in it. Yeah. We've got our shelves. We're going to need to get more books and whatever. Hi, Frank. And uh, and get a sign up, and then we'll have a grand Sorry, opening once we get our studio up. Do we have a caller? I don't hear no. anything. No call. What we'll do before we sign off for tonight after the at the end of the show we'll turn the camera around and let you kind of have a, a view of what's going on in here what we're looking at there's a camera in front of us and right behind that there's actually uh, glass panes and there's a, another room in the other which makes it there. look all like a fancy studio yeah it does but the other thing that's how we're seeing people uh, give us information from the control room because we don't actually have a connection with them right now so they're walking around in front of that glass pane and telling us stuff, and it's kind of this sign language thing that I got going on. So, anyway. Well, I'm going to go see if I can figure out what's going on with the Skype stuff, and uh, you can maybe answer questions from the chat room. Okay. Because, you know, we're just making this shit up as we go. By yeah, the way, we are. we're completely uh, not inhibited in any way by the Public Access Studio. So we are, in fact, sponsored by the Atheist Community of Austin, and we will be going to Threadgills at the normal time just as soon as we're done here. But you take that. I'm going to go figure this out. All right. So who's got a question for me in the chat panel? Oh, somebody's talking about getting people off the ballot here. That let's see. If you ask questions about atheism plus, will you get into trouble? No. So what do you want to know about atheism plus or anything else? How old am I? Yeah. All right. How does atheism compare with sexism in your field of work? Um, I usually don't even know what the religious beliefs are of my colleagues, so unless it just happens to come up. Like I just found out a guy uh, that I work with is Jewish only because he was uh, celebrating a Jewish holiday. I had no idea the guy was even Jewish. So... Hello? Hello? Hi. Is that, is that Matt? Yeah. Hey, nice to talk to you, man. It's, uh, my name's Matt as well. Um, strange coincidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, basically, uh, I, like, I see myself as a, an atheist as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the problem I have is that I've never really read the Bible. And it's probably something I should do, wow. um, being an atheist. But Why? just from, Why? you know, sorry. Why? Why? Why would you read the Bible? I mean, well, I don't know. I could. I did this. I, I understand like science has has was obviously much more clearer, and I mean, it's, it, I know it's it's. I mean, it's a book from years and years and years ago, uh, the Bronze Age, and it, it, there's no factual evidence behind it whatsoever. Um, 
and I don't know, I just feel like when people question me about it, I feel like I can't have a good argument for what I believe because I haven't... Well, I haven't, have, I have you read the Quran? No, I haven't, no. Do you, do you feel a need to go read that in order to have conversations? No, that's true. No, that's very true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, you're, you're an atheist. You're not just a non-Christian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I, I'm all in favor. I mean, I'm in favor of, of uh, having elective courses in schools. You know, teaching yeah. the Bible. You know, because it's got literary and historical impact. So I'm not opposed to it. But I mean, and feel free to do it. I mean, you you can learn a lot of stuff and and uh, have better conversations. And if that's what you're looking for, that's great. But you know, the way you had originally put it, saying you know I'm an atheist and I think I haven't read the Bible and I think I should. That's entirely up to you. You can be you can be a perfectly functional uh, atheist and never read a word from the Bible. I like to think so. <laughs> I like to think so, actually. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, because I, I I'm quite interested in the whole subject completely, and I honestly feel like like I I picked up on something that Matt said a, a while ago that was um not all religions can be right but they all can be wrong. Right. And I thought that was spot on. I thought that was spot on because it's. It's uh, it's just really interesting to see. I mean, I think it, in my mind, religion it slows the progress of just learning in general, and you know, science, and you know. Yeah, very everything. often one of the problems though is that by using the word religion, we're kind of lumping a whole bunch of different structures and belief systems into one yeah. bucket, and it doesn't necessarily always apply. So mm. it's you know. Not that I know of any religions that I would recommend. Yeah. But, no, of course not. But no. that doesn't mean they're all similarly harmful. And, you know, there, there are certainly some um, liberal and moderate believers in, in different traditional religions that are not quite as harmful as others. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just really excited to talk to you, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, you, you get to be the first actual caller to uh, the new studio. Uh, well, wow. although it took us, what time is it? Um, it's five eighteen, right? You now, might be so. the last caller. <laughs> you might be the only caller for this whole episode, but we're going to try and get one more. But thanks a lot for calling. All right, cheers, man. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. Bye bye. So, quick notes of stuff that's uh, that's going on. There's one little thing that I kind of wanted to talk about. <clears throat> I, this might not be the right time to do it because this episode may, you know, just kind of die off, and I don't know how many people are paying attention in the in the chat room. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a little kind of kerfluffle that happened this week um, when the SEA announced their Pennsylvania directors. Okay. Um, it's, it's two guys. One of them uh, happens to be uh, Justin Vakula, and there's been a lot of friction between, like, Free Thought Blogs folks and whatever. Yeah. And Justin has been, I mean, he's had his stuff published on, I think, A Voice for Men and whatever. And yeah. There are people who wanted to stop supporting the SCA over this, and yeah. I am not one of them. Um, I didn't stop supporting the SCA when they hired Edwina Rogers as their executive director. Um, I have had my concerns. I still have concerns, mm -hmm. um, but I support the SCA's mission, and I, I support going forward. And the other thing is yeah. that with state directors, these are volunteers. Yeah. And... Yes, I, I'm on board with the people who are objecting to this as yeah. not necessarily a good choice. Yeah. But state directors are volunteer positions. They're not vetted. We're not, uh, you know, in a position to go through and make sure that every position they ever hold is in agreement with everybody else. I mean, that's just absurd. And as long as they're willing to do the work of the SCA and focus on that, I'm generally okay with it. But 
I came home yesterday after trying to, you know, have this conversation with some other people who are, you know, outraged because of things that Justin's done, and I think rightly so. But I was watching his, uh, uh, I don't actually follow him on Twitter, somebody directed me to the tweet, and he tweeted something along the lines, and actually there were several people, there was a guy who's just obsessed with elevator gate stuff, who tweeted something, there's a convention going on in the Pennsylvania area, Mm -hmm. which... Uh, somebody tweeted, how many people were raped at that convention? Like 50 or 60? And yeah. the the organizer actually responded. To, I mean, because that's the type of tweet that I don't think I would respond to at all. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's just an absurd way to, yeah. to try to make a point. Um, and it, what it mostly shows is that you don't understand the point being made. But... The organizer responded to it, and then Justin retweeted that, and then he made the extra point of saying, hey, look, there's a bunch of us here, and um, we don't have a harassment policy, and the organizer said we didn't need a harassment policy, and look, everybody's having a good time, and there's women here, and they all feel safe. Well, congratulations. That's a little bit like putting your hands over your eyes and walking across the street in front of your house, and then getting to the other side and saying, hey, look, I didn't get hit by a car. Great. Happens all the time. You could do that lots. Is it an advisable course of action? I don't have harassment policies when I have a, a party at my house um, yeah. because I am the walking, talking harassment policy for my house. Right. But on this subject, this isn't harassment policies aren't in place just because we think there's a big old problem. Yeah. They're there to protect you if there is a problem. They're legal protection well, for the organizers and the individuals. It lets people know what the rules are. What's wrong with letting people know what rules are? Well, and. And the, the thing about harassment policies, like I said, they're there for everyone's protection. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, um, people getting harassed, assaulted, raped, whatever, is rare at conferences. Mm-hmm. Okay, But if it happened, if you don't have a policy to deal with it, how the fuck would you even know? No, I, I, th- and I think they could deal with it. Yeah, they could. We're not saying you but, can't. But you, you, the pro, the policies make it easier for people to know what kind of things you're right. going to consider, what you potentially will do about them. There's, that's a problem I've had with some of the policies yeah. that have been put in place is that there's not much mention about what sort of actions will be taken if there's a well, problem. Well, exactly. And, and, you know, more serious things like assaults and rapes and things like that, that Call generally police. involves, yeah. you know, police or whatever. That gets reported usually. But lower-level stuff that involves harassment or people feeling uncomfortable or not even being clear about what constitutes harassment. What kind of behavior, you know, can you tell an off-color joke? What, you know, yeah. what is it that constitutes harassment? That's the kind of stuff that harassment policies address. Yeah, I tried to address this in a video that I posted on YouTube, basically saying that, you know, really what some of us, granted not everybody's saying the same thing, and one of the things that I hate is that some of the, some of the comments that have been directed at me are being directed at me based on what other people have said instead yeah. of what I've said, yeah. which is, is really kind of frustrating. But my take on this is uh, if you have sensible harassment policies that are out there and published, then the only thing you're doing is basically saying, we're aware that there could possibly be some of these incidents. Mm-hmm. We're hoping they don't happen. We're hoping, you know, it's kind of like buying car insurance, you know. Um, you know I, I drove all the way home from all the way around yesterday in the rain, which is potentially dangerous, did a lot mm-hmm. of errands and made it home safely. And so did lots and lots of other people. But I can't point to all the people who made it home safely and say there's no problem. Yeah. Because we also saw several accidents, and it would be silly of me to mm-hmm. pretend that there weren't. And if I'd been in one of those accidents, I would be very happy that we had the forethought 
to have car insurance and police and fire and ambulance and rescue, all of these things that you plan for if you need them. Yeah. So on, on the harassment policy front, uh, there, are po there are policies that have been uh, announced that I definitely think need to be revised or reworded because they might you know, be slightly overreaching. The thing people, I just hope they would recognize is that, you know, it is up to the event organizers to determine what their rules are. Mm -hmm. And if you're organizing an event, you can have any rules you want or no rules. You can enforce them on the fly. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a harassment policy. There's nothing wrong with this group who didn't have a harassment policy and had a good event. It's been happening for ages. Yeah. My question is, if they had a harassment policy, a sensible list of, hey, here are some things that we don't want to happen at our event, and if they do, we'll deal with them in such and such a way, how would that have affected their event? Would their event have been any worse? Yeah, I, I can't imagine that a published harassment policy would have made their event worse. I, I, I don't get it. And so, if, if you know, it's, it, there are people who are saying, oh, we don't need these, and others that are saying that this will make things worse. And, you know, uh, what's acceptable is acceptable, and what's unacceptable yeah. is unacceptable. And that doesn't change whether you wrote it down or not. The person organizing the event is still going to have to make a decision. Um, it's just, I don't know. Do we have another caller waiting? Do, is there? No. no? So I don't think so. So yeah, my I am nowhere near ending my support for the SCA. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm the alternate media director for the Texas group that's starting up for media contact, not director, uh, which means I don't have yeah. to do anything unless everybody else <laughs> fails to do something. Uh, so it didn't add a whole lot to my book, but I strongly support the SCA's yeah. mission, and I really um, the fact that a state director somewhere working on the goals uh, disagrees with me on something is not enough. For me to, it, it's not even close to enough to get me to abandon yeah. the SCA. I do, though. I, I understand the complaints and the concerns about a sequence of seemingly poor choices. But yeah, well, and yeah, I, I support the SCA as well, and Hello? even went to their uh, planning conference mm -hmm. in 2011. Um, a bunch of us went to Washington D.C. Um, had a great time. That was during the time when Harold Camping, that was uh, the first time in 2011 right. they said the world was going to end. The first rapture. Yeah, and so we were standing there um, having drinks and having a really great time when the world was supposed to end. Um, but, uh, yeah, it. I guarantee you I was in a room with lots of people that I disagreed with on multiple issues, and it was fine. What's curious is that, you know, yeah. you talk about these internet disagreements, and I, I don't want to make too big of a deal about this, because it's, um, I think, I don't agree with the kind of victim-blaming stuff where, oh, if you guys had just stopped talking about it, this yeah, way, it, it, it that's not going to fix anything, yeah. it's not going to go away. But I do I, I do agree that the, the back and forth arguing discourse and, and uh, it is not, not a course to actually solving the problem. It's kind of this stagnant pool. Um, so we're adjusting lights in here on the fly. Yeah. I don't know if we have another caller waiting or not. You have the chat room up. Let's interact with the yeah. chat. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to open that can of worms here. The oh, caller sounded see. like he was shouting from just behind behind the camera. Oh no, he was actually over there. 
That's where the monitor is set up. We'll, we'll check on that. Yeah. Hey, we're going to turn around the camera before the end of the show. Don't forget. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll do it. Don't worry. Uh, the world ended. You just didn't notice? No, not really. Did you do anything for Blasphemy Day, Janet Matt? Oh, today is Blasphemy Day. Yeah. So not only will I, you know, do the traditional, my name is Matt Delaney, and I deny the Holy Spirit and everything yeah. along those lines. Matt? Um, yes. You ready for a call? Uh, yeah, you, you can get the call queued up and let us know what's going on. All right. Meanwhile, I'm going to blaspheme. Okay. You know. Um, okay. I deny the Holy Spirit as well. Oh, yes. And... and you pick whatever God you want. Yeah. Screw that God. Yeah. Jesus, Don't really care. Yahweh, it doesn't matter. We're have no reason to believe that they actually exist. Uh, more than likely just fictions invented by desperate people. Uh, so there's to all gods. That's my Blasphemy Day uh, contribution. Who we got on the phone? Or do we have anybody on the phone? Well, we have uh, Jeff from Hampton, Virginia, and he wanted to... He had a question about philosophy and contacting atheists in his area. Does that sound good? Sure, okay. sure, put him on. All right, here we go. So we got to make some adjustments because one of the things we got is a mic that can cut, that can broadcast in here to where we can hear stuff, but we, we really needed to get the, the display up. We should use the ACA app, the caller list thing that we had before. Yeah. And normally I would have my laptop. Hello? We have uh, Hi. from Hampton, Virginia, and he wanted to... He had a question about philosophy. Okay. All right, here we go. Hello, caller. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Steve's broadcasting. We should use the ACA app, the caller list thing. Oh, and now I now I hear the stream. Yeah. So, so one other thing for all the callers is uh, make sure you turn down the stream. There you go. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Matt. How's it going? Good. Can you, because we're having all kinds of problems, can you give us your name and where you're calling from again? Yeah, I'm Jeff from Hampton, Virginia. Hey, Jeff. Uh, it's really great to get on the show. I've been watching you guys for about a year now. Um, I've been an atheist since I was about 12. But anyway... The, uh, the question that I want to get to is that um, I have a good friend who is a doctor of philosophy mm-hmm. and an Episcopalian. Um, whenever I try to have conversations with him uh, and I start to point to scientific or material proofs, he'll, he likes to bring up Hume and Kant. Well, I'm a huge Hume guy, so go well, ahead. He, like, he likes to talk about how they... Um, their theories about the nature of reality and um, our perceptions and how they color everything. And he likes to say that um, we can't really know from from science and we can't really know from faith either, that, that either one is just as good. Uh, um, and, and he's using Hume and Kant for this? Because that's just bizarre. Yeah. Now... If he's if all he's really doing is saying that we can't get past hard solipsism, the idea that we can't be absolutely certain about anything, including our exactly. experiences, um, yeah, he's right, and it doesn't matter one bit. That that's what I thought. Yeah, he, he's he's right. He, there's no solution for the the hard solipsism question, at least none. I think we I think we can come pretty close, uh, but I think it would 
put everybody to sleep in the process, and it doesn't matter. It's it's like basically that that whole argument for the people who are down with philosophical discussions is you can't ever prove that you're not in the matrix is is kind of what it boils down to. You can't prove that what you experience is actually the one true reality. And the answer is that it doesn't matter at all because we are practically forced, forced as a matter of practical necessity, to act as if this were real, because denying it doesn't do any anything beneficial for us until such time as there is some way to determine that it's not real. Um, you know, and then once you've done that and you're you're Neo and you get out of the matrix, you don't know that you're not in just another matrix. Yeah. That it's matrixes all the way down. So you can you can easily concede that point and point out that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, all right. That's great. Uh, there's another question that I want to ask you guys. Um, I'm, I haven't really been able to, to connect with any groups in my area. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you guys had any resources or could point me in the right direction. Well, one of the things you can do, you can start at ironchariots.org. There were people who were posting local groups up there on a contact page, which I don't remember off the top of my head. But if there's not one specific, specifically listed for that area, um, you can contact American Atheists and see if they have a state director in that area. You can contact the SEA to see if they have uh, the Virginia chapter set up yet. And, I mean, I don't... I wish I was a walking, talking encyclopedia linking people to yeah. groups, uh, but I just can't do that. Those are the first two I'd probably start with. There's uh, Meetup. Yeah, the Meetup stuff. Can, you can look for Meetup. I'm up. actually on Meetup right now. Um, I found TAG, which is the the, uh, the Tidewater Atheist group. Um, That's pretty cool. Okay. So, um, cheers, guys. Uh, y'all are doing a great job as far as I'm concerned. Keep it up, please. All right. Okay. Thanks so much for Thank calling. Thank you. And since we're after 5.30, I know we ended up uh, doing this very, very short. There's a lot of things that are going to come up. We're, we're not going to take any more calls today, and we're going we're to cut this short here in a minute because we have people that we're going to meet at dinner at Threadgills uh, on Riverside. Um, hey, Matt? Yeah. We, we, uh, we have one more call. It might be interesting. Do you want to try it or do you want to? Okay, put them through. Okay, okay uh, what we got, uh, we, have, we have Gary, and he would like to uh, talk about how the atheist perspective is illogical. Sound good? Sure. Uh, so we'll go a little bit later than expected. Right. While they're getting Gary put through. Um, so things that are going to be happening in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll still be in the studio most weeks, uh, in the public access studio. Um, we are in the process of rewiring and purchasing equipment for this building um, that will handle all of our AV needs. And we could, theoretically, by within the next couple months, have this as a permanent studio with better everything. Uh, a phone number, better phone system, Skype. Uh, we'll have the capability to take Google Plus or any other VoIP calls, hopefully. Um, and a lot better video processing stuff and, and another camera in here so that we can have multiples. Gary, are you there? Yeah, I'm in. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Great. We're technically over time, so I'm afraid we might have to rush this a smidgen, but we appreciate you calling. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, well, then let me go ahead and just uh, get straight to the point. Um, I'm a theist, I'm a monotheist, and a Christian. And uh, one of the the topics that I wanted to address is the idea that um, the atheistic perspective is necessarily uh, fall 
falls into um, a relativistic subjective viewpoint, whether you're considering ethics, epistemology, or metaphysics. Um, and that, that's really one of the main objections that I have against an atheistic perspective. What, what uh, is it that you think the atheistic perspective is? Because you, you might be kind of tilting at windmills here. Well, you know, I mean, I've heard different things from atheists. Some atheists will, you know, give it a more agnostic slant, and others are what, you know, some people call militant atheists, where they will absolutely assert that there is no God. Um, so, uh, but atheism in and of itself, uh, as it stands, is the assertion that no God exists. No, it's, no, not. it's not. No, well, I mean, there are some atheists that would disagree with you, but however... Most no. of them... Most of them, in fact, and, and while I am one of those people who does not believe, who not only does not believe a God exists, but I, I actually believe that no gods exist, that's not an assertion that I'm making with absolute certainty. And the only thing that's required for atheism is to not believe God claims. It's, you're not required to uh, assert that no God exists in order to qualify for as an atheist. And, and here's one of the, 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 the fundamental issues I have with that type of statement, though, is that is that you either believe that a God exists or you don't. And that's this really correct. kind of goes back to the fundamental law of logic. That's correct. You know, A is A or A is either A or B. No, no, no. Here's, here's, where you, here's where you're getting slightly confused. I agree with you that you either believe a God exists or you do not believe. But right. not, not believing that a God exists is different from believing that no God exists. See, there's, but not there's, believing that a God exists necessarily implies that you believe no God no, exists. It no, doesn't. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Just like not believing the defendant is guilty doesn't necessarily imply that you believe the defendant is innocent. That's See, an excellent example. That's yeah, and, and the, reason for that, that. the reason for that, if, and I'll try to get through this quick, is... That there's two different things being discussed. One is the truth proposition, the fact proposition about reality. And that is two-pronged. Either a God exists or no God exists. Those are the only two options. But what you believe about those two options are very different. On the proposition that a God exists, you can equate that to the defendant is guilty. There are people, theists, who would agree that a God exists, and atheists who would not agree that a God exists. Then there's the separate proposition that no God exists, which is like the proposition of innocence. And right. no, go ahead. you only address one prong of a factual issue. That's why when, when, when juries make up their mind, when juries are asked to decide on an issue, they are addressing the question of guilt. They are not addressing innocence. All right, no, no, the only, the only objection that I, I would still have uh, with that is that obviously there's some reason why you will not make an assertion that there is a God and you take the position of atheism. Otherwise, you'd be considered what's called agnostic. No, no, no. No, no, agnosticism addresses a different question. No, no, no. If you're going to say that the idea of God is on trial and there's no conclusion about it at this moment, agnostic, ag agnostic is an, a separate issue. Uh, you can be an agnostic atheist or an agnostic theist, agnostic, athe agnostic atheist or agnostic theist. Gnosticism and agnosticism address what you know, and theism and atheism address what you believe, and knowledge is a subset of belief. So that agnostic and atheist are not exclusive terms. Okay, well, you know, for the sake of argument, I'd really like, uh, uh, I just, I'll go ahead and concede with what you're saying. All right? um, we could argue this for quite a while, but, but the, the main issue that I wanted to bring up is the idea that the absence of a belief in a god reduces your perspective to subjective relativism and also what you were discussing earlier, solipsism, or solipsism, however you pronounce it. Okay. 
Um, it, it, being in that, it, your standard of knowledge or truth, or coming to a knowledge of the truth, if you believe that truth exists, which I know some atheists don't, um, is necessarily uh, anthropocentric. Okay. Um, so, therefore, uh, if, you, if you do have... Uh, do, do you, in particular, you, do you have a sort of um, uh, man-centered uh, view of, like, like, how do you believe you know what you know, or how do you believe that you, what you know is true, or do you believe in certainty whatsoever? Well, I think absolute certainty is, generally speaking, a red herring. There's only a few things that we can be absolutely certain about, logical absolutes, mm -hmm. and uh, esoteric claims and labels and things like that. Um, in, as a matter of looking around the world, uh, I don't see that we can be absolutely certain about very many things, and I don't think it matters at all because it's just like you know we can't beat hard solipsism. It doesn't matter whether or not I'm absolutely certain about something because I don't require absolute certainty in order to act upon it or in order to be rationally justified. The, the way that we go about determining whether or not something's rationally justified is by applying logic and reason to the evidence and making sure that the claims are not just independently verified, but verified by other people as well. Now, are we assuming that there are, in fact, other people? Yes. No, no, no. Here's the only issue I would take with that argument is that, well, one of the issues is that, all right, if you're going to tell me that certainty doesn't matter, okay, is that I what you're saying? I didn't say that. I didn't say certainty doesn't matter. I said I think, I think absolute certainty is often a red herring because there are very few things that we can be absolutely certain about. But of those things that we could be absolutely certain about, of course it matters. Okay, it matters, and I'm saying that the subject is included in that category, is that these, these conclusions that we can come to about whether or not a God exists or not, or whether or not there's absolute truth, or whether or not certainty is a plausible concept, okay. and things so, of that nature, have everything to do with our perspective, and our perspective has everything to do with how we interact in the world, therefore it is extremely important. No, we can demonstrate things like logical absolutes to absolute certainty as a matter of necessity. But that, that doesn't matter because the things that we're talking about here, the things that we're disagreeing on, are things that neither of us could be absolutely certain about. Which is what? If you could give me an example. Well, I don't know. Pick something. The idea of certainty? I'll pick that. The idea of certainty. No, because we can demonstrate absolute certainty for things, things like esoteric claims and labels. You know? right. I'm talking about a priori knowledge here. If you take a priori knowledge into consideration, okay, theology and, and the various aspects of philosophy um, are necessarily included as being things that you can have a priori knowledge I, about. No, no, no. And eventually it's, it becomes applicable to this character. Really, you have to start with the basics. You're, you're, you're making this a lot harder than it is. I am absolutely certain that this is a pair of sunglasses. And the reason that I'm absolutely certain of it is because that is the label that I put on this object. We could call it something else, and I would be absolutely certain that it is that. That is an area. Well, are, that you is saying, a, are you saying that labels are arbitrary? Of course labels are arbitrary. Okay. All right. No. No. The idea that labels are arbitrary, is that an arbitrary thing? Or is that something that's true regardless of what people think? Labels are, by definition, arbitrary. They are. Mm -hmm. Labels are something that minds impose or imbue onto items. So are you saying, so do you believe in an objective reality? Yes. Or do you think that, that okay, all right, all right. No, is objective reality 
uh, subject to being arbitrarily labeled. I'm not talking about yes. the sequence of sounds that come yes. out of the mouth. I'm yes. talking about what it is in principle and its definition. Regardless no, no, no. What it is in principle is not I'm not concerned. Uh, you, were, you asked about labels, and I can label something whatever I want. That's how we end up with different languages. Right. So, of course... But, uh, but, but the, the issue in principle is the meaning and the definition and what people are saying when they, they provide that label. That's, that's Granted, different. That's not a label. That, a label that is not a label. in and of itself. Oh, my gosh. Are the, is it not going to be any better with Skype? That's not a label. The thing itself is not the label. Don't confuse the map for the place. Absolutely not. But the label is assigned to that thing for a reason. The label is a pointer. It is a shortcut for communicating a concept about the thing. The thing is something separate. Right. Okay. So we're talking about the difference between objective and subjective reality. But I, what I'm asking you is from an atheistic perspective, how do you come to a knowledge of objective reality? Um, I, don't, I don't know what you mean by from an atheistic perspe perspective. What, my I, mean, position, what I mean is, my, that, is that, that what, by what standard... You come to a knowledge of the truth. Reason and evidence. I mean, we, we can talk about labels oh and my gosh. arbitrary things, but, but, yeah. but okay. and even that, what you believe constitutes proper evidence, how do you prove what that is? Well, I definitely don't have time, since we're over time, to explain to you the nature of determining what is good evidence for everything in the world, because the standards uh -huh. of evidence are different for each claim. There are some claims that are trivial, and therefore the standards of evidence for those, in order to determine what is rationally believable, are going to be different from those claims that are not trivial. That's where we get the, the common adage that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I tell okay, you what, well, you know, if you're out you of time, I'll, I'll just yeah, we are with we are way um, way, pay, way past out of time. Uh, okay. Call in another time. And, and or email tv at atheist-community.org these are certainly things that we can talk about but at the end of the day the difference in our beliefs you believe there's a God and I don't isn't in any way impacted by what I happen to think about reality because well, 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 or, or, sorry, well, you know sorry, what sorry what I happen right. to think about certainty yeah. because your claim is either believable or not, and you either have sufficient evidence for your claim or you do not. Now, it, Ron, I'm assuming... What I'm saying is that the atheistic perspective is necessarily anthropocentric, as anthropocentric. Therefore, you have a subjective relativistic standard for determining what the truth is, and you yes. have no higher standard to appeal to. Therefore, you can't have any certainty about anything. You said you could have certainty about something, but I'm saying that you absolutely... Your perspective, and do, abs do no you metaphysical think, or epistemological basis in order to make that claim. Do you think? That, do you think? Oh, for fuck's sake! Do you think that you can beat the problem of hard solipsism? Absolutely. This you part can. Of what the theistic perspective is about. How can you? you how can you theist, beat that? How can you? How can you demonstrate that solipsism is false? Solipsism is false. Okay, this will sum it up. Right, this might sound ridiculous to you, but that's fine. I can go into further detail if you have the time. But this this is the summary. Solipsism is false. It's necessarily false because God exists. Okay, that's oh, hang up on this dumbass yeah, who wasted my time afterwards. You don't get to just assume the thing that gets you out of the trouble. The fact of the matter is, 
the fact hang up on his ass now. The fact of the matter is, you're still bound by the same reality that the rest of us are, and you want to run around asserting that we don't have a, a solution to this problem, but you do. And your solution is, God exists. Well, congratulations. Next time, bring some actual evidence. Not yeah. word salad. Why do people keep calling in and thinking that the thing they're trying to demonstrate is actually the evidence? Yeah. That proves the thing they're trying to demonstrate. And that's all this guy did. Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, solipsism has to be false because I believe there's a God. Really? Okay, cool. Prove that your God exists. Demonstrate it. Oh, and how are you going to do that? You're going to have to work within the same framework of reason and evidence that yeah. the rest of us are in. And you think that's a big old problem. And yet you think you've solved it. I tell you what, let's go ahead and yeah. we'll, we'll kill off the stream. We're not going to run any special stuff. We're going to head to dinner before the people who are waiting for us there think, uh, think we've lost everything. We'll be back in the studio next week and probably back here uh, whenever the hell we want. Yeah, Probably special do. episodes. We'll get stuff posted on, on the Internet. Um, the, by the way, the Skype address that you'll want to be contacting may change as we set up actual accounts for the ACA around the world. This was a temp one I threw together today. Thanks to everybody who was patient enough uh, to try to see how this episode would go. Um, I'm actually surprised at what worked well. Yeah. Uh, even though it took a while. Before we... Oh, the camera. We, we have to spin the camera around. Hang on. So, yeah, let me take my mic out, or let me move with my mic. So, I can't see to narrate. Jen, and Jen doesn't have a mic. Yeah. So... We'll see what we can show here. Look, I'm waving on the green screen. All right, there we go. There we go. There's Matt. So this room is uh, what's going to be our studio. It's in it's in the front of the building. We still got to work on audio stuff. We may need some baffling in here to kind of keep the noise down stuff. We've got some of our shelves have been put in, but if you spin the camera around all the way. And we might have to back up to see it properly, but there's a glass wall between this room and the other room where there's uh, just almost nobody, but some some of our shelves and stuff. And there's actually a control room on the other side of this door that's the office, which you can't quite see yet. And then a kitchen and a back porch area. And uh, there's more shelves. I'm spinning around. Yeah. The room in here. So. Fairly small place. We're trying to work. Ooh. Ah, you just lost all the video. <laughs> Spinning the camera around 360 degrees will disconnect the uh, the video. But that's all right. We uh, uh, need to go to the yellow one. Oh, it does. You, you have the red adapter. All right. You may get video back now. Anyway, uh, thanks, everybody. We're going to try to keep improving this until this studio functions better in every conceivable way than the public access studio uh, at which time we may tell the public access studio, ah, you know what, we'll send you a feed when we feel like you want to include uh, our best public access TV show on your network. Anyway, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.